On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners, and I'll be talking about a range of topics, including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education, and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. G'day all. Let's talk about last week for a start. Uh, Before we hit financial markets, I suppose we should acknowledge a pretty difficult weekend for New Zealand teams uh, across the board in terms of sports, wasn't it? We had the Kiwis go down to the Kangaroos, the Black Caps put in a valiant effort and almost caught the Aussies, but they couldn't quite get there. And obviously South Africa edged the All Blacks out of the Rugby World Cup final. In case you didn't see it, uh, here's a bright spot. The Kiwi Ferns, the, the women's rugby league team, did beat Australia on Saturday night in Melbourne. So, you know, one out of four, just hang on to that one. Um, I'm very much a league fan. Uh, I don't follow the rugby union much at all, to be honest, but my commiserations to all of you out there who are a little sad uh, following the the All Blacks loss. And um, for me, I guess uh, the the key negative is that some of my South African colleagues in the office are going to be, frankly, unbearable for the rest of us um, over the next couple of weeks. So you know, you guys know who you are, and um, you know, just just tone it down a little bit, please. You know, don't rub it in too much. Anyway, financial markets, it was also another difficult week for financial markets. We had the S&P 500 in the US down 2.5% and we had most other global markets fall too. Europe was down 1%, the FTSE 100 in the UK down 1.5%, the Aussie market 1.1% lower and the local market down 2.1%. So some of those markets are in correction territory now. Um, which is often defined as a 10% fall from a recent peak. And that's certainly the case for uh, the United States and for New Zealand. So the US market um, is 10.3% below where it was at the end of July. You know, it had a very good first seven months of the year, August, September, October, been tough. So we've seen the market pull back 10.3%. It's still... It's still about 15% above the the lows from October last year. You know, the, the, the S&P 500 peaked in January 2022, fell 25% from January last year through to October. And then we saw quite a strong rebound and it was up, you know, 25 odd percent, I think, at one point. But uh, it's given back 10%. So still, still well off those October lows. But uh, certainly has had a difficult few months. The, the New Zealand market has um, has been weaker still. Uh, we've fallen 10.7% since the end of July. We peaked around the same time as, as the US, so we've also had a difficult August, September, October. Uh, and we're actually down about 6% now year to date. So we're headed for the third down year in a row. Uh, the New Zealand market was 
ever so slightly down in 2021, you know, down about half a percent. And then it had a tough year last year. It was down 12%. That was its weakest year since uh, the GFC. And this year it's off about 6%. So unless we get a late turnaround, you know, we are heading for three consecutive negative years, um, which I don't think is something we've, we've ever seen before in the history of the New Zealand share market. I'll have to go back and check that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's going to be the first time ever. So markets are in a difficult spot, and I think um, I think high interest rates, high bond yields are the key reason for that. So, you know, it's tough to see sentiment really turning around until you get some reprieve in terms of the higher interest rates higher bond yields you know a lot of people are simply looking at what they can get in the bank or in very safe conservative assets and it looks frankly very attractive so that is seeing money head for those assets and um, you know that money is coming out or it's not going into higher risk assets because you know people can get such good returns for such low risk so that that seems to be uh, the dynamic that is at play and it could last for a little bit longer I suppose one word of caution is that these very high interest rates we're seeing from term deposits or bond yields and, and so forth might not last forever you know if inflation comes under control or if uh, there is some economic weakness or even recession ahead you might see those high interest rates come off or central banks be forced to cut rates. So uh, just be aware that uh, if you're a long-term investor, just sitting there in the safety of deposits and um, conservative assets is not not foolproof strategy on a long-term basis. You do need to make sure that you have some growth assets in the mix. But anyway, that's something for people to talk about with their advisors. Uh, bond, yields did, bond yields did fall back a little last week. We saw the the ten year Treasury yield down uh, from four point nine to four point eight. Um, it obviously pushed above five percent for the first time since two thousand and seven. A couple of weeks back, uh, similar story in New Zealand. Our five year swap rate fell back about seven basis points, so it's sitting about five point two, five point three. It also hit the highest in many years, the highest since two thousand and ten. Uh, a week or two back. Our corporate um, bond index, the NZX investment grade corporate bond index, is, is still up 2.6% this year. So even though you've seen interest rates push higher, uh, it does put pressure on bond prices, but that index has provided a very good return. You know, Certainly better than we've seen from the local share market or the local housing market year to date. So you know, don't, don't get too despondent about what you're seeing and hearing. Um, bonds in this part of the world have been fine. Um, and they do tend to be lower duration than what you see in some international markets, and it's those longer duration ones that have really been suffering under the higher long-term interest rates. Uh, running through the key data and releases, we had the flash PMIs for October, and these pointed to weaker activity uh, across the board, with the exception of the US, which looks to be very resilient in an economic sense, so it was pretty much slower everywhere. Uh, Japan's PMI fell below 50 for the first time this year. That's your break-even level, so now it's in contraction. Uh, the Aussie PMI hit the lowest levels since the beginning of last year. Uh, Europe was even weaker still. It was the weakest in almost three years. Um, and the, the UK PMI pretty much pretty much unchanged from the last couple of months, but still sitting there sub-50. 
Uh, so yeah, the US was a real bright spot. It's the only one out of those that's above 50. It's sitting at 51. That's a three-month high, and um, the US does continue to be a shining light globally in terms of um, economic strength. Uh, so weakness across the board in terms of activity, pleasingly, in addition to that, we did see um, cooling inflationary pressures, which you should expect. If, you, if you're getting an economic slowdown, you should see inflation cool. So those two things go hand in hand. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, in the US, we saw input cost inflation fall to the lowest since October 2020. Average selling prices posted the smallest monthly rise since June 2020, and that's in spite of higher oil prices and fuel prices, so that's good. In Europe, um, vendor lead times improved for the for a ninth consecutive month, so that's related to supply chain pressures continuing to ease. And in Europe, average selling prices rose at the lowest rate since February 2021, so you know, what's that, um, two and a half years ago? Uh, so good news there. We had some inflation figures out of the US, the core PCE, and that's the the inflation measure that the Federal Reserve likes. Uh, the headline PCE um, came in at 3.4% on an annual basis, the core PCE 3.7%. So they're both in the threes. Uh, the core PCE, that's the lowest since May 2021. So good news, headed in the right direction. You know, it peaked at 5.6 last year, so 3.7, well down from 5.6, and continuing to drift lower, still above the 2% target that the Fed has in place. So, you know, still some work to do, but at least it's going in the right direction. Aussie inflation, bit of a different story. It did slow, but not quite as much as hoped. So the quarterly figures for the September quarter were a bit ahead of forecasts. The annual inflation rate has come down to 5.4. People were hoping it would come down a little bit uh, more than that. You know, uh, it was 6% three months ago. So, so you know, at 5.4, it's still the lowest in a year and a half, but uh, still stubbornly high. And what they call the trimmed mean CPI, which is uh, the measure that the Reserve Bank of Australia prefers, was also higher than expected. Uh, it's it's uh, rising at an annual rate of 5.2%, so markets expected it to come down to 5.0, so a little hotter than expected, albeit the lowest since the middle of last year and well down from the peak. But this was really the last key da uh, piece of information ahead of next week's Reserve Bank of Australia meeting. So people were watching it very closely. And um, the odds of a rate hike next week from the RBA are now sitting pretty close to 50-50. So that's looking like a really interesting meeting. Now, the RBA cash rate is at 4.1%, so quite a bit below what we have here in New Zealand. And the last time the RBA increased it was back in June. So they meet monthly much more frequently than uh, central banks in New Zealand or the US. And uh, the last move in June, so we've had four months where they've done nothing. And now people are thinking, well, maybe they will go back to increasing rates. So that was really interesting, the Aussie inflation release. Uh, on the central bank front, we just had the European Central Bank last week. They left their policy rate unchanged at 4%. That's the highest since the introduction of the euro back in 1999, um, and it was the first pause uh, in 10 meetings. So they started, the ECB started normalising monetary policy in July last year. Before that, they had a negative interest rate, so they've started sort of pushing it up. Um, and at 10 meetings, you know, from July last year until the most recent meeting, 
they increased rates and they've got as much as 4%, got to 4%, I should say, uh, but now they have paused. So a lot of a lot of people think that might be it, that they're at the top. Um, inflation in Europe has come down quite a lot. It's more than halved to 4.3%. You know, it was north of 10 uh, late last year. Now it's sort of sitting in the fours. Uh, so it's the lowest in, in about two years. So they have got a bit of breathing space. So that that was good. Those were the key data releases that we saw last week. It's a super busy one this week. You know, so much uh, going on. You know, where do I start? I'll start. I'll start locally here in New Zealand, and um, we will have the the outcome of the special votes on Friday, November third. So. Uh, just to recap, remember there was, I think, 567,000 special votes that were cast, uh, and they represented just over 20% of the vote. So the truth is, uh, in terms of the election, uh, we've only seen 79 point something percent of the votes counted, so we've still got a bit to go. And um, I don't know why it takes them so long, but we'll, we'll get the outcome on Friday, and you know, who knows how that'll play out. You know, National and Act, under the preliminary results on election night, had a majority of just one seat, just one. So there is a chance that uh, that will change because in the last two elections, National have lost two seats in each of those and the parties on the left have gained uh, seats. And I think in the three or four elections before that, you know, so we're going right back into the early 2000s now, National have lost at least one seat in each of those elections. So uh, if history does repeat, then you'll, there's a good chance you'll see National lose a seat and you know Labour or the Greens maybe pick it up, maybe to party Māori. Uh, we'll wait and see. So if that happens, that's when Winston Peters is well and truly back in the mix because uh, National and ACT would not have enough numbers to govern uh, alone. So Friday will be really interesting in a political sense and we'll get some clarity about what the next government will look like. But before then, um, we've got the ANZ Business Outlook for October. That is out at one o'clock on Tuesday. So hoping to see a further rise in sentiment. You know, we've seen things pick up and businesses are a bit more confident. That's been the case over the last few months. You know, will they be even more confident, you know, post the election? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so we'll be watching that. We'll be watching the inflation indicators as well. You know, we obviously had an inflation print uh, for September that was a little softer than expected. That's good news. But uh, some of the indicators in this survey will give us a good feel for where wage growth and so forth is going as we sort of look ahead to 2024. Um September labour force report. This will be really important too, unemployment. Uh, and this will probably be the highlight, to be honest. 10.45 a.m. on Wednesday. Um, we'll get that. So, you know, what, what will unemployment do? You know, what will labour force participation do? What will be the impact of migration on the, the labour supply? And where will wage growth um, be going? The What we saw in the previous quarter, we saw employment increase. Uh, and that was partly due to migration, partly due to higher participation. Uh, but what it meant is that you had more jobs created, but you also had the, the unemployment rate actually going up because um, you had more supply as well. So the unemployment rate increased to 3.6, still very low, but that was the highest in two years. And um, this time it's expected to push higher again to 3.9. Uh, we'll be watching wage growth too. As unemployment goes up, and that reflects a 
easier labour market. You know, there's more people available. Businesses aren't having the same difficulty getting staff. You should see wage pressures ease a little bit too. And this is all really important because you can't truly get inflation under control until you see an easing in the labour market. When you've got a super tight labour market, no people left and, you know, lots of wage pressures, it's really hard for inflation to... Um, be brought down. So this will be a key piece of information that will help shape what the Reserve Bank does next and how next year will be shaping up. Also on Wednesday, and speaking of the Reserve Bank, we'll get the latest financial stability report. This will be out at nine o'clock. Um, then they do a press conference at one o'clock. Really fascinating. They do these every six months. It's sort of a, a report that looks at the key issues facing the economy, the financial system. You know, last time they talked about households that were facing higher debt servicing costs as fixed mortgage was, mortgages were repricing. Uh, they talked about um, the risks of rising unemployment to financial stability. They talked about vulnerabilities in the agricultural sector, commercial property. So I think they'll touch on all of those issues because, you know, we're still grappling with the same things uh, and the agricultural sector in particular might get a mention. So re really worth um, a read fascinating and um, lots of really good information so take a look at that if you're that way inclined on Wednesday morning. Looking further afield um, we will have some PMIs out of China these will be out on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Friday afternoon so you know throughout the week you'll get activity indicators that will give us a read on the Chinese economy is obviously really important for New Zealand and Australia and the world. So uh, we'll be watching that uh, on the global central bank front. There is plenty going on. We've got the um, Bank of Japan on Tuesday. People will be watching them to see if there's any any signs they intend to change or even abandon their policy of controlling bond yields, um, you know, yield curve control, as they call it. Uh, negative interest rates you know at some point they're going to have to let go of those I don't know if they'll do it this week but they might sort of give us some more information about sort of what they're thinking on that front um, the yen has fallen to the lowest level in a year against the US dollar in recent days so that's obviously come on the back of uh, stronger treasury yields in the US you know more money um, has has maybe been sort of going into the US as interest rates look more and more attractive and, and that sort of thing. Actually, it's been leaving as well. That's part of the reason that sort of treasury yields have ticked higher. So it's an interesting dynamic. But the yen has been weak against the US dollar and that is somewhat of a problem. They don't want to see the currency depreciate two months. So there were some comments from the Prime Minister talking about how the government will work with the Bank of Japan to take action you know, if they need to. So whether that's sort of intervention to sort of stabilise the currency or maybe it means they bring forward, you know, the inevitable end to that extremely stimulative um, monetary policy that they've had in place for a long time. So the BRJ will be interesting on Tuesday. We've also got the the Fed in the US and the Bank of England. So the Fed decision will be the key one because, you know, they're the biggest central bank, the US, the biggest economy, biggest share market, biggest bond market. Uh, the Fed decision will be out at 7 a.m. on Thursday. And um, then the Bank of England, which which is will be important, but not not nearly as high profile. That will follow Thursday evening. So Tuesday, Thursday morning, then Thursday night, sort of for the central banks. In terms of the Fed, no one's expecting a change to their policy rate. They're sitting at five and a half, higher since two thousand and one. 
Um, and because bond yields have moved so much higher, many people have, have noted that that is sort of doing some of the Fed's job for it. So uh, a lot of people think um, that there's a good chance they might be done and they might not need to hike any more times. But uh, we will see what Chair Jerome Powell has to say at the press conference um, and we'll be, be looking for any comments about those higher bond yields and, and what the Fed sees ahead in terms of you know risks and so forth. As for the BOE, the Bank of England, uh, they're at five and a quarter for their policy rate. No one's expecting them to move. That's expected to just be left unchanged. Uh, they're already at the highest since 2008. And, um, you know, there's a good chance, I think, that the Bank of England uh, is done in terms of um, hiking interest rates. But we'll wait and see. Last but not least, uh, the global reporting season will continue. And I think we've got another 150, 160-odd companies due to report out of the out of the S&P 500, that is. Um, we're about halfway done in terms of the reporting season. And looking at those that have reported, I think 62% have beaten revenue estimates. 78% have beaten earnings estimates. So it's been okay. Um, it's, it's actually been been a lot better recently than it was at the beginning. Um, the index is on track for aggregate earnings to increase 2.7%. That's uh, relative to the same quarter last year, September 23 versus September 22. Um, so that's better than what we were expecting a couple of weeks back. You know, before the reporting season started, people were expecting um, a decline in earnings and we've got a small uplift. So, you know, things have been uh, decent. You wouldn't know it by sort of what what the share market's done in terms of prices, but the earnings have generally come in a little better than expected. And plenty of big names this week, McDonald's, Caterpillar, Ecolab, CVS Health, Apple, Starbucks, Zoetis, um, lots of important companies. Not so much on the local market in terms of corporate news or across the Tasman. Sparks holding an AGM on Friday, uh, and across the Tasman, Amcor have a result on Wednesday, CSR Thursday, Macquarie Group on Friday, also an AGM from Coles and Qantas. So you might sort of um, get a little bit in terms of those companies as far as trading updates go. But yeah, it's a busy week, uh, plenty going on. So uh, enjoy your week. Hope that is all useful and um, we will talk again soon. Thanks. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.